What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered podcast. Your host, Olivia here. And we're talking about the surefire way to minimize your efforts and maximize your profitability. I have international best-selling author, Michelle Nedlick. Um, She's an expert in entrepreneurialism and the founder of Awareness Strategies. She runs her own business. She's run her own series of business companies for over 22 years. And for over 15 years, she's been helping sales reps, entrepreneurs, and executives to continually double their profits and revenues. She not only has what it takes to help her clients build a million-dollar business, but she does it time and time again. Listen, y'all, you know I only bring you quality, right? Michelle particularly loves to talk about marketing automation, system integration, and support both on and off the stage. She teaches the key components of scaling a business, strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. So you know how to continually elevate all four components to build a healthy, thriving business. Now, for the past six years, she's been help, She's been focusing on helping entrepreneurs bring their businesses online from conceptualization to done-for-you IT automation. And I think that's what we're going to be diving into a little bit. Um, she also has a great sense of humor, like five podcasts, and a love for stilettos. She's coming all the way from Canada. Uh, it's been a minute since I've had somebody from Canada, so I'm excited about that. And um, all of her links are in the show notes below. So definitely check her out. Awesome. I was worried we weren't going to have a podcast there for a minute. (laughs) It was pretty long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You got, you you got a lot there. Girl, Um, nobody should know that much about somebody else. (laughs) Um. But yeah, so all of the things, um, what made you, um, really realize that this was something you were good at? Oh, well, that was easy. Cause it's not, um, <laughs> so what happened was in about 2015, I used to be a public speaker and, um, and personal development trainer, if you want to put it that way, did executive coaching. And I needed my tech done for me. So I was in a fortunate position that I have a partner in life and business, we say in business and pleasure, that does all my tech for me. So it was awesome. And in about 2015 or so, we had to pivot because personal development didn't translate online. I had to specialize in some thing, some key aspect of it in order for it to translate well. So 
I could have done things like been a confidence coach or a, you know business specifically. I could have taught speak from stage. You know, it was the variety was there in within my wheelhouse, but we had to make some sort of change. And about that time, my partner Brad, he said he was just not too into the corporate contracts anymore. He worked with huge oil and gas companies and did software integration, infrastructure, whatever. I don't really know what he did, but um, it's got a really neat title. And he basically made software. I say he made magic happen. They would say, we need this to happen. It's never been built before. Can you build it? And he would put together the whole plan of this is what you need, the people, the budgets and all that kind of stuff. And they were usually about three-year projects. So I said, because we were in this mastermind together, with a bunch of other speakers that were trying to figure out how to transition online because <laughs> it was like, oh, this internet thing is here to stay. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. We were waiting for it to go somewhere, but it didn't go away. So we had to translate online. So at that time, with that transition in place, he's sick of a zip contract. We're in this mastermind. Nobody can get online. I said, why don't we pivot? You do the tech for everybody because clearly you know how to do it. You're good at it. We can hire a team. We can build the company. I'll do the sales and marketing for the company and, and off we go. So off we went and la voila, here we are. So it wasn't because of my strengths. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. Um, so tell me a little bit more about what you guys do for entrepreneurs and who exactly you work with. Cause I know you work with a, not just oil companies anymore because you don't do corporate <laughs> contracts anymore. Well, no, we don't. Not those well, ones. not, not, we do, we would <laughs> not only. Yes. Um, so basically what we're doing is we're helping businesses with their digital marketing and automating it. So being able to take something that a person would do over and over and over again and systemizing it, automating it so that it's more convenient for their ideal client to have their ideal journey through your business and free up your time and space where appropriate. So one of the biggest mistakes people have when they think about business automation is they think that it's taking away the human aspect and it's definitely not. And if it is, it shouldn't. Anytime you have interactions with a client that should be creative and spontaneous and all of those fun human characteristics, you want to keep those in your business. You absolutely want to figure out how to keep those. But as soon as you say or do or you know, touch something three times, now it's a habit. You know, My father used to say once an accident, twice is a mistake, but three times it's a habit. So if you're saying the same thing to somebody, you are much better off to create a video for it and then go, hey, I have this thing. So whether it's when you're onboarding your clients, when it's uh, part of the coaching process, if it's part of sorry, that was Canadian. Um, if it's anything that you have that can be systemized where you're doing it over and over again, we want to be able to put that into a system so that you can then free up that time to then be the creative that you are, to be able to have those spontaneous conversations with people, to be doing the things that you love to do, regardless of what, what it is. So you could be a, a painter and you want to paint, then you should be painting and not, you know, having the same onboarding conversation time and time again. That makes sense. So we will work with solopreneurs that are just starting out and they want somebody to take care of the tech for them. Like, <laughs> just please God, don't make me do this stuff. All the way up to, we worked with $25 million companies that had 
email list of 180,000 who had never been contacted again after they left the facility. We're like, oh, do you know what you're saying? <laughs> this is this is the wealth of the company. So we helped them to put systems in place to be able to reconnect with those people again and bring them back and, and become clients again. How important would you say that automation is in a person's business um, that is really just getting into the online space? I personally think it's hugely important, but it depends on what the entrepreneur's vision of their company is for starters. If somebody just wants to run a coaching company and they want it to be, you know, hundred grand or less, they, they want a lifestyle business then, and all they need to do really is to go and talk to people at network events, things like that, get a credit card number and, and set appointments on when they're going to connect with somebody. You don't need automation for that. That's, <laughs> and if you only plan on having, you know, 10 clients at 10 grand a year, <clears throat> your business really is done at that point. You're good to go. If on the other hand, you want to create something more complex than that, then it starts to make sense to automate things. Now, one of the biggest issues I see people have is that they think they can't afford it for starters. And it might be the people that they're talking to and the conversations that they're having. Come talk to us. The um, the other thing is they want things off their plate, but they don't know how to get things off their plate. They don't know how to delegate things. One of the benefits to working with an agency is that an agency will take things off your plate, not wait for them to be taken off your plate. So you say, I want to do a three-day event and they go, oh, great. We're going to need this. We're going to need that. We're going to need, and all of a sudden, you know, what is important. You know, what somebody else needs from you. And you can start to identify, okay, I can do this. And these guys get to do all of that stuff. Yay. And you build your business faster because you're not wasting one time and energy trying to figure out where that button is. And most importantly, you're not wasting your emotional energy on doing crap that you don't like to do, don't know how to do, don't want to know how to do. <laughs> and that can be immensely draining. And that's usually what takes somebody from hey, I have this idea, I want to do it next week to, oh, it's been three years and I still haven't done that thing that I wanted to do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. Like, Sorry, did I hit a nerve there? No, no, no. I just, I, I was currently thinking- In of, your own world. <laughs> no, I was thinking of somebody that is just not tech savvy at all. Like I'm pretty good at tech. And I, I think that even like with just like coaching, like I think that you need a calendar- like, I think Calendly is one of the best things that you can have. Like, and if you're like for appointment setting, I think that having a formal appointment setting thing is just so beneficial, especially to have something that like sends text messages and just sends those little reminders. I personally love that type of stuff. Um, I went to, I had to, to get some car work done and I was so impressed by, it was a, it's a locally owned company, but they have, they sent the invoice right to my phone and like their level of technology. I was, I appreciated because no, I didn't need to, it, it convenienced me as a consumer mm-hmm. and it conveniences them as a company too, when they can just send it to me and be like, Oh, my car's done. Let me go pay them. And like, let me pay them right now. And then go and pick it up, you know? Um, right. So well, and, and you bring up, you bring up a great point because I mean, think about how many times you brought in your car and you're like, 
oh, I got to get, I got to get there before five o'clock or whatever, before they close. And it's such a pain in the butt. And they're thinking, oh my God, really? These people are late. I've been here since six in the morning. I want to get the hell out of here. And when you can automate systems like that, so you automatically get your, your notification saying, hey, your car is done. If you pay the bill, we'll have your key outside in your lockbox and you can go and pick it up. Here's your code. You go out, you push in the code at eight o'clock at night or whenever it's convenient for you. Grab your keys, drive your car away. Life is grand because they've already, the bill's already been paid. Like there's certain aspects of things that people don't want one-on-one attention. (laughs) They just, you know, it's super inconvenient for everybody. Especially having to give your phone, your credit card number over the phone. Less and less do we trust people with these intimate things, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, one, you have no idea who's eavesdropping on the phone call. Like, so it could be completely innocent of the company, but totally guilty by somebody else. It could be that the wrong person's listening in on the conversation at the, at that office, or it could be the person you're talking to, you know, has malice intent and they just got fired five minutes ago. And you don't know that. (laughs) I, you don't know. Years ago, I worked at a restaurant in Charleston, South Carolina, and there was this lady that took the customer's credit card information, wrote it down. She got her hair done, all this other stuff. And it's, she was one that you don't assume. And it's, and I know how easily she was to do it, to, to steal this type of thing. And I know this is off topic, but still like, it's, it's, it's kind of on topic. Actually. You gotta, there, there are certain levels of security now that we have to mm-hmm. take place in. And I mean, this was before I was married. So it's like eight years ago. And yeah, she gets her hair done. All she has to do is call and be like, Hey, I'm using my husband's card. He's going to give me the number over the phone. I just, I don't have my card with me. I haven't gotten a new one in right now. And then people are just trusting, you know, and then they just get scammed. Right. So think of it at, from a business perspective. If people are afraid to do business of, with you because you're not automated enough, it's like, well, you look a little cheesy. So you're a speaker, you go on stage, you've been, you know, you've paid gazillions to get on the stage, be able to speak from the back of the room, but they get to the back of the room and you're writing down credit card numbers on pieces of paper. It's like, mm, you know, it's not 1980 anymore. <laughs> you want to, you know, tech that up a little bit. And then you're going, well, okay, now I need an online merchant, which might not be as big of a deal now as it used to be. Like once upon a time you had to, um, being a speaker and getting a a merchant account for online sales was a bigger deal than I think it is now. But from the back of the room, they still have the credit card. You can still swipe life is brown. And to be able to just process those cards automatically, they already have their stuff. They automatically get their email to their phone. They automatically get the access to the content right there. They're listening to the next speaker, but they were paying attention to your content. (laughs) It's like, that's what you want in your client. They're excited to have you in their hands right now. You need to fulfill in their hands right now. So people's attention spans being that of Nats is it makes that automation even more important because they need to have some something immediately. So even though you are the best, whatever you are, if you can have something that is in their hands immediately, even if it's PDF, it's a checklist, it's a something that they can look at and go, wow, I appreciate you doing business with us. Here's a little free gift. You can go start with this. They feel that sense of satisfaction that they're starting a relationship with you. And so going back to how important is it? It's immensely important. It's just a mindset of 
okay, I get it. If somebody's starting a business because they're broke, totally get that, bought that t-shirt several times over. Um, <laughs> you can't have 28 pivots without having a couple of those in there. So I get that. And so what somebody may have to do if they're sick and tired of being an employee is to kind of suck it up and be an employee for a little bit longer, but pay somebody else to put the systems in place that they don't have the wherewithal to do. So if putting together text, just not your jam is not your wheelhouse, then it makes way more sense to have somebody else do it instead of prolonging the agony of doing it yourself. If that makes sense. I think it also like that, that type of shift comes from having a different mindset shift too. A mindset Absolutely. of scarcity to not, not, not that of scarcity. <laughs> Just not. Because <laughs> well, I mean. So I, let me give you an example. We have a client. She is very good in tech. In fact, she could probably do her tech um, herself, but that's not what she wants to do. She was a, she teaches healers how to sell. So the woo-woos of the world absolutely love and adore her because she is one of the woo-woos and she's good at sales. So she does the sales training. She said right from the get-go, I don't, this is how I want my company set up. I want to be doing $100,000 weekends in 12 months, period, end of story. So this is what we're working towards. This is how it's going to happen. She hired us. We got her tech. She was doing her first three-day weekend within, I think it was like two months. It was silly short time <laughs> to be able to get everything set up. We're like, yeah, okay, we can do it. And we just got it done. Um, and yes, to her credit, she did her first $100,000 weekend within 12 months of starting up her business, which is Yahoo. That's awesome and fantastic and wonderful. You're absolutely right, though. You have to be able to, to have the mindset of, I have a game plan and I'm going to put together the team that works properly. So at the beginning, when you said, if you want to scale your business, you need a strategy, you need the systems, you need the support, meaning the team and the state of mind. All four of those have to be in place because it's just like a stool. And if it doesn't have, have those in place, then it falls over. You can't put any pressure or stress on the chair without it toppling over. How would you say that you maintain that state of mind? With help. <laughs> help. Listening to podcasts like this, hanging around Olivia all the time, you get to see that um, th that you're not alone. One of the biggest issues I see with entrepreneurs is that they think when their business is not f functioning the way they want it to, that it's because they're not good enough. And that is totally not true. It is absolutely not true. All that is going on is that you're doing stuff that's not in your wheelhouse, that's not your joy, your joie de vivre, your mojo and getting it out into the world. And as soon as you can get the systems and the other people in place doing their things that take all of those off your plate, then you're, you get to do what you love to do, what you're best at, where you're like a fish in water and you just get to swim. That's when the magic happens. And if there's not magic happening in your business or your life in general, it's not because there's something wrong with you and you're broken. It's just because you're not you're trying to breathe in air instead of just swimming in the water and having fun with it. I had a talk about this earlier today and it's, you know, really detaching your emotional state to 
what you're doing. And I know that a lot of millennials and Gen Zers deal with this when it comes to work and not being able to take a lot of criticism um, when it comes to their work, because they feel like that's a reflection of themselves. And I know a lot of business owners too, when it's like their business is their baby and everything like that, but don't you want to feed your baby? Don't you want to help it grow? Um, and so you've got to make some of these investments that are a little scary and you don't know how, but it's, is it at the end of the day, is it going to be beneficial? And I mean, I know that there's a lot of scammers out here. There's a lot of people that are, that, that don't know what they're doing. There's a mm -hmm. lot of those people. And all their mm -hmm. stuff sounds so great. And I feel like there's, you know, they, they always find like the new entrepreneurs and then the new entrepreneurs, like, I don't want to do this. I don't trust anybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. So rule number one, when you go and hear somebody and they sound fantastic, awesome, amazing, wonderful, find their referrals, <laughs> get the testimonials first, find out what's going on with them. Um, because more often than not, well, and <laughs> thanks to uh, millennials and <laughs> Gen Zers, People can't hide that anymore. You know, that there's a transparency that cuts through and it's like, if you don't like your bad reviews, well, tough, like go deal with them. And so everybody has had to learn how to deal with how do I deal with bad reviews, which is awesome because everybody that's been in business for a while is going to have somebody that didn't like them, that it just didn't work out. And it's like, and that's totally cool. Now, how are you going to deal with it? And you have to be able to deal with it in a way that's public, not just, oh, we're going to block that person. <laughs> they just disappear off the face of the earth and they're not going to talk to anybody. Of course, they're going to talk to somebody. They're going to talk to everybody. So you get, we get to learn. And I say we as the, as my generation, because my generation was definitely the, oh, well, we'll just kick them out and we won't talk about it anymore because, you know, that's how we deal with their problems. We just don't talk about them. So it's okay to have these problems. It's okay to, um, have the bad reviews and things and being able to say, you know, yes, when this happens, this is how we deal with it. And if the scammers out there obviously aren't in integrity in their business, you'll know, but it's up to you to go and check for those referrals and things before you slide the credit card or give it to them over the phone. <laughs> yeah. You've got to do your due diligence yeah. and you, I, you can't be cheap with your business. You can't be cheap with a lot of things in life. Mm -hmm. um, affordable and cheap are two different things. All right. Yes, they are. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Let me be clear there. Right. You don't have to hire Coca-Cola's marketing company in order to have your products and services marketed. That's There's two different realms there completely. And sometimes it really is, you know, I get it that somebody just wants to get their <laughs> nephew or the kid down the street to do their stuff for them. So there's this balance between affordability, if you will, and an investment. And the biggest thing is looking at what do I want to create? Can this person deliver on it? Can they help you to create that thing? And even if the answer is, I don't know, I've never done it before, that's awesome because that's what a goal is. If, it, if, you, if you knew how to do it, it's just a task. If it's a, a real goal, you actually don't know how to do it, which is fine and great. And you just don't want too many people on your team all going for the same goal. <laughs> you want some people on the team to see it as a task <laughs> that they actually know how to do this and they can get you to that place where you want to, to take your business. And you also said another interesting thing there about criticisms. And 
criticism in and of itself is if somebody says, you know, well, that was a dumb thing to do. Okay, it may, may or may not have been, but to me that in itself is criticism. Whereas, hey, when you look at that piece of paper and you're looking for this in that write-up, that's not criticism, that's just direction. That's, <laughs> we all need direction. We all need to have somebody that knows how to do the thing to be able to say, hey, this is how we can do it better, faster, easier, whatever the case is. And that's gonna go on forever in your life. And if it's not going on forever in your life, then you're stuck in a comfort zone and a comfort zone, although it feels safe, is the most dangerous place you can find yourself. I, I find that a lot of bit new business owners and a lot, I'm a lot of people that are, and I'm, I'm, I'm a young, a younger millennial, but yeah, I, I, and I, I'm bringing this up because it's a thing like not wanting to hear the stuff that you need to hear that, but you mm -hmm. don't like, you want your mm -hmm. ears tickled. So you're not going to face those things that, that are going to force you to grow because mm -hmm. Oh, well, they're just, they're just hating. They're just being toxic. They're just, I'm, I've just seen a rush of these people that are just like, oh, I'm always right. I don't, I know what's best. I'm going to figure it out anyway. Uh, I can't, they don't know. It's like when they are, they're not open to receiving the guidance that they need. Um, and I think people listening to this, you all know somebody that's like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I, 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 I had the biggest chip on my shoulder growing up that I knew everything. Nobody could tell me anything. Anybody who tried to tell me anything was an idiot if it didn't agree with my very narrow version of the world. And the, the only problem I had with that is that it kicked me in the ass so hard. <laughs> I had like flesh wound, proverbial flesh wounds from the, from the road rash when it happened, it was, it was not pretty at all. It was not pretty at all. So my, my sage advice to you at this point is if you find yourself saying, wow, that guy's such an idiot. I can't believe he said that out loud to just back up a little bit, <laughs> take it down a notch and, you know, just try and figure out what was going on for him and why somebody would say the things that they said, because that attitude in my life hurt me more when it did hurt than if I had taken conscious efforts to be able to figure out why I thought I knew everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always joke around and say, you don't know anything until you know, you don't know anything like <laughs> you, you know, That's I not a joke girl, that is, that is real sage life right there. <laughs> And it's not because I'm getting senile. It's just because I know how little I know. It's, it's terrifying. Right. And I mean, it's just, it's impossible. And there's so many different ways to do things and so many amazing things to learn. And I think it's one of the biggest things that I've adopted and I've learned to adopt in my life is having a learner's mindset. Um, I will say that this podcast has definitely helped me do that tremendously because I'm like, I'm always learning something new. Um, and I don't take the things that I don't do right as a personal attack because it's just you a can't way know for everything. me to get better. <laughs> right. And reflection. Like, I think that that's another thing too, that is a part of, you know, because you, when you're looking at the systems that you have 
the strategy that you have, you've got to look back. Okay. What's, what's, what's going on with the strategy? Is it working? Is it, <laughs> do we need to pivot? <laughs> um, so, well, and one of the best parts to me is that your business is a literal translation of who you are. It's an external translation of who you are. It's, you will bring to your business the same wins, the same losses, the same screw-ups, the same everything that are going on inside will manifest outside. So if there is a problem with the business, odds are that you've put that thing in place for a reason to fulfill something in you, whether it's proving you right or whether it's just, you know, a system that is kind of, I am so attached to this that I'm not going to let anybody else touch this thing because I might be wrong. That kind of stuff happens all the time. And trust me, it, <laughs> I'm just talking from my experience. I did not like it when that happened to me and I had to figure that out the hard way. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I think some of our best lessons are learned the hard way. Granted, that's that's just how we we really learn them, you know. <laughs> As I used to say, Mother Nature will whisper to you and then she gets louder and louder and louder. And if you're not listening, she will take a two by four. <laughs> Like, oh, oh, that's what you wanted me to learn. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much personal development in business. Right. And 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 so that's really why I started first with the state of mind and like just maintaining that. And I understand like having those support systems are so important. Um having having that mind learner's mindset and being willing to to hear the criticism pivot, change, um, and have systems to make your life easier. Like don't do all the things like, right. Well, and I heard a great analogy once is for having a coach is if you look at formula one racing, right. The driver has a coach, the team has a coach that everybody on the team has a coach to help them to get better and faster. They record everything that happens. And then they spend the rest of their time analyzing all of the things that happened in there and looking at how to improve that. First time I heard that, I was terrified. I'm like, oh my God, I would hate to have, you know, my coaching calls, my whatever's recorded so that I have to see it. And then I decided to become a public speaker. And it's like, everything was recorded. It's like, oh, I, I sound like that. Oh, I laugh like that. Oh, I walk like that. Oh, I talk like that. And part of it is being able to accept, hey, I'm, we're not going to take Michelle out of Michelle. We're going to look at the things that can be improved instead of walking around, you know, waving your hands aimlessly to, you know, put those puppies down, <laughs> concentrate on something because they're a little distracting and that's okay, right? It's just placing my hands somewhere. It doesn't take my personality away, but it allows the audience to be able to hear what I'm saying. And they go, oh, okay, well then I can totally do it. If I'm doing it for the benefit of them, I'll totally do that. And that's all, all you have to do is look at it that way. Does it benefit your clients? Does it benefit the boss? Does it benefit the whatever? And if it makes their lives easier. Well, then awesome. Because, you know, that gives you kind of the purpose and the meaning of life is being able to make somebody else's life better because you were there with them. That's very, um, it's a really good way to look at things. When 
your, like the criticism of yourself, you know, detaching that of like being something that you do when it's such a personal thing, you know, it's how you speak and right. It's an acceptance, but also getting to the point where it's like, it's better for other people and to put that benefit above your ego that had to be a process. So I kind of want to know a little bit about that process of how you got to that point. Well, in, in speaking, I think it's a, um, it's an understanding when somebody becomes a speaker that they're there for the audience, that they're there for the audience's benefit. Now, granted, some people <laughs> will go because they want the attention and God knows I am an attention seeker. So I, there was that too. Um, and when I, the reason I want to go up and speak is because I want to teach something because I want to uh, articulate something because I want somebody else to, to have it better, easier, faster than I had it. So even though I'm going up there to sell a product, to get attention to whatever my motivating, motivating factors are, the audience has to have a benefit. Otherwise they wouldn't be there. Right. I'd be talking to myself in an empty room. I was like, well, apparently I have a lot more to learn than I thought I did. <laughs> so once you get the audience there, now it has to be about them to some extent. And the more you can focus as a speaker, or as you can, the more you can focus on them, the more effective a speaker becomes. Because now I'm doing things so that when you're learning, so that you're comfortable so that you can learn, so that whatever the case may be and all of those learning lessons that come along with it. When I got, went to the front of the room and I was focused on me and am I gonna screw this up? And am I gonna say this in the right place? Am I gonna say, um, am I gonna do this? All of a sudden I'm stressed, I'm in my head, nobody's listening to me because I just sound like I'm stuffed with something. Straw, otherwise, it's like, girl, get off stage. Whereas when I go on the stage and I'm looking for people, are you listening? Can you hear me? Does that make sense? I'm looking for the nods. I'm looking for the eye contact. I'm looking for them leaning over their chairs, yawning, <laughs> whatever it might be. That I'm going, hey, am I boring you? I'm, it's okay if I am. <laughs> you got to give me some feedback here. And, and it, it becomes more fun because now I couldn't care less if I said that right. I couldn't care less if I said um, I'm focused on them getting their attention onto what's going on. And when their attention is there, then they're able to learn it. One of the things that, and don't get me wrong, not all speakers have this point of view because a lot of <laughs> some speakers, newer ones, are like I, when they take questions, like I already covered that. Well, clearly you didn't cover it well enough <laughs> for that person to understand. So when I was doing workshops and stuff, I said, you can ask me as many questions as you want because I already know it. I, I don't need anybody in the room for me to learn this because I already know it. You're the ones that have paid to be here that are giving me your nothing else, your time. And then on top of that, your money. And on top of that, your wherewithal and your trust in, you know, that I'm going to treat your psyche okay and all the subliminal things that I say and do within a course. You're trusting me with everything. So it's not about me getting this knowledge. It's about you getting this knowledge. So if I have to say things five different ways in order to hit that one way that you heard it, then that's my job. That's what I'm here to do. And it enables, the audience to just chill out and relax and go, oh, good. I get to ask questions. Oh, good. When I was distracted and I didn't hear what she clearly just said, I get to ask her again. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. 
because whatever you were thinking about was more important at that time than that next piece of knowledge. So you have to have got the first piece of knowledge before you could hear the second piece of knowledge. So now that you wrapped your head around the first piece of knowledge, now I'll give you the second piece again. And it's, to me, it's a, well, and, and this is all part of that whole personal development thing, right? This is why we go into business, I think. It's not to make money, it's to figure out who we are. There are hell of a easier ways <laughs> to, to be able to make money than to go into business for yourself. The reason we go into business for ourselves is to see what we're made of, to tender ourselves. So when the going get tough, right, that's okay. That's that's what we're meant to be. When that's so that we can see what we're putting out in the world and go, hey, looking back inside and going, hey, who am I? Why am I bringing this stuff out into the world? And do I want to continue to bring this stuff out into the world? And if the answer is no, I get to say no. And if it's yes, and I'm, I want to get better at it, great. You can get better at it. It's, it's just a skill. It's all it is. And have fun with it. Because it's way more to learn when you're having fun than it is when you get your head knocked across with two by four. Yeah. But, you know, both are available. <laughs> Focusing on the benefit for other people. That's one of the things I've consistently heard. And because I decided I wanted to become a speaker during COVID. So that's been awesome. <laughs> but but seriously, like it's, it's one of the things that I've heard so many times about don't focus on yourself, focus on other people, um, and giving value to them. Also the thing that you said about not repeating yourself, if you're not going to be willing to repeat yourself, you're ridiculous. Like people, (laughs) people need to hear things different ways. People are, they've got other things going on. I mean, you know this, but I'm, I'm just, my reaction to that, I'm just like, what is wrong with people? Like, I understand that people. (laughs) Right. And it, it doesn't matter that somebody, you just said that thing and they're going, you know, I say it again, because those words just didn't register for them. When somebody says something like, um, I don't know, opportunities available for everyone. Somebody who's in a poverty state of thinking, you know, what did you just say? Like, what? And it's not that you need to hear in a different way. You need to hear exactly what I just said. The prosperity is available to everyone. And now we have a conversation about wrapping your head around that so that those words mean something to you and you can create a visual. Because when we're thinking about something, we create this frame of reference in our in our brain. And it's just like a frame on a window. You can't put the window in without the frame being there. Can't put a door in there without the frame being there. Everything starts with the door. And then you can paint the picture and create things that make sense inside of that frame. And so when, when you're speaking as a speaker and people aren't understanding, even if you're having a conversation with your girlfriend over lunch, when you're speaking to her and they go, what? those words just didn't register. They didn't have the frame of reference. So you have to build that image so that that makes sense to them. Then you can start putting the content into it that, that makes sense of the frame, if that makes sense. Yeah. It it, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, people have to, a lot of, that's why there's so many different types of speakers out there, because there are certain types of people that gravitate to certain types of people. Sometimes they have to hear certain things from certain people. And yes, it's, if the words didn't register, maybe switch it up, maybe repeat yourself, maybe, (laughs) but maybe, maybe make it relatable. 
right? Well, and then a lot of people too, when they're starting out and going into business, they're like, well, I don't know what to say that's a value to somebody else. You know, what I have to say isn't valuable, which is not true. Everything you have to say is valuable, even if all you're doing is repeating somebody else. So let me give you a little test. Is there any song that you've ever heard by two different artists? Same song, two different artists, right? American Woman is the one that comes to my mind, but that's, <laughs> that. I don't know if anybody heard it. I'm letting Kravitz for quite some time now. Give me a song that, it's gotta be a remake of something. Somebody's gotta remake something. Um, I'm only thinking about um, Christian songs right now. Okay. Uh, well, and Christian songs, it doesn't, immensely Christmas songs, any given Christmas song. Yeah. There's been at least two people that have done the song, right? And it doesn't mean that you don't like one artist's version over the other. They could be singing exactly the same song and you could love both of them immensely. And it's just because their voice has a certain, call it tenor or cadence or whatever it is that changes it up just a little bit. And you know the difference between you know, and again, <laughs> singers that I know they, their names of, but insert your own stuff here. But if you hear Whitney Houston and Donna Summers singing A Christmas Carol, the exact same one, they both sound awesome because they're both phenomenal singers and they sound different. And that's okay. Right? Nobody blames Whitney for redoing Donna's song. They're like, yeah, that was awesome. That was fantastic. That was amazing. And People need to hear it again, especially from young people. So if, if your audience is young and you're listening to this right now and you're going, I don't have anything to say, I don't know what to do. I just keep getting in trouble because I'm loud, I'm obnoxious and you know all of these things. Awesome. Embrace all of that awesomeness because you'll probably make a fantastic speaker and or comedian and or otherwise, and people will love you. And if all you do is take some piece of content that you love and you go, Hey, I heard this content and it was fantastic. Do you want to hear it? And then go out and share it. That's awesome. Because I guarantee you there's 5 billion people on the planet that have not heard it at least if not all six, like you don't know what they know and you don't remember what they remember. You have to go out there and say, Hey, this is what I think is awesome and share it with people. Yeah. And we will get in our, me, especially I'm like, but that's so simple. And I'll, I'll find people stuff that, that like go viral. And I'm like, I literally like, that's such a simple concept. Granted people are like, I saw this mirror thing where the girl's putting a check mark on a mirror and she's like, check your Airbnbs mirrors because it's an actual, it's a real mirror. Okay. It's a real mirror and it's got all these views based off truly just stupidity because people don't know what real mirrors look like, you know, but it's getting all these reactions, you know, I'm just like, I, I don't know. It's the world is different, but I, I also, this is another thing. People are so much more animated now and I'm an animated person, but I'm, I get on like some reels or TikToks, and I'm like, are you really like that in real life? Like, is this what it's come to? And, <laughs> but what I'm hearing from you is really just show up as yourself, be yeah. yourself, uh, not these other conditioned versions of 
what you think society well, and is some people to be are like. just wacky and insane and if you're wacky and insane be wacky and insane and if you're quiet and reserved be quiet and reserved like there's nothing wrong with that at all and furthermore both of those parties make great speakers quiet and reserved people make phenomenal speakers why i'm telling you all about speakers <laughs> just happens to be my world but it's the same in business you want to go out and be an entrepreneur and i don't know be an electrician well, then so be it. You can still be a meek and reserved electrician and make a ton of money. It doesn't matter what that thing is, because people will relate to you when you're where you're at. The issue is when somebody is meek and reserved, but they really want to be able to speak out. It's like, really wanted to say that thing, but I just couldn't bring myself to saying it. I really wanted to do that thing. That's when it becomes a problem because now you're buying into the idea that who you were conditioned to be is who you are. And that's not true. I love that. You're buying into the idea that who you are conditioned to be is who you are. And that's not who you are. And I think a lot of people do battle with that. So I'm so happy that you touched on that. Um, Cause we all, we all have some conditioning, but you know, Michelle, thank you. Just thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and chatting with me today about so many things in business and automation and mindset, really. Um, I, I greatly appreciate that. And guys, if you heard me earlier, obviously I got all the links for her. Definitely check out her links. Um, if you need some automation in your business, um, check her out. The, the links are there for you. Nice. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.